are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Your Bibles, please, if you could open them to the book of Ephesians chapter 5. God's given us an illustration of his love for the church and the passage before us today five times he mentions the church, the ecclesia, the called out assembly. We are called out of the world into an assembly. And I thank God for the church tonight. You know, church, I wanna say this to us this evening. It's very obvious that the attention of the entire world has turned to this coronavirus. That is our conversation. You can hardly be with someone without having a conversation. You go to the grocery store, the gas station, or wherever it might be, and soon the conversation turns to the coronavirus. This coronavirus has affected church life, it's affected work life, it's affected school life, our social life, our grocery shopping life, our um, errands, our activity, everything in life has been closed down and shut down. As a preacher, it really frightens me. Now I'm okay, God's in control, I'm not gonna go to bed worrying tonight, I'm gonna piddle my head, but we obeyed and we should have, so quickly, government to tell us to stop church. And thank God for all the preachers that are using the internet I don't know how the internet works, but we're one button away from stopping that too. Anyone doesn't like what a preacher's saying, you're off the air, and then you have no voice. We, we are at a dangerous moment in world history. You can see, and I'm not saying the Antichrist is here or is coming, maybe he's alive, I don't know, but you can see how the church is gonna be the avenue that the devil attacks. The church is under attack. And we need the church. And tonight I'm coming to you on behalf of this great institution called the New Testament local church. You know, in the Old Testament, there was the tabernacle. That beautiful tabernacle, 15 by 30, and then another section, 15 by 50, the holy place, and then the holy of holies. And they had all the arrangement in the tabernacle, and that tabernacle was set amongst the children of Israel. Three tribes to the north, and three tribes to the south, and three tribes to the east, and three tribes to the west. That was the center of all the activity for two million Jews. And when that tabernacle moved, the tribes moved with it. It was the center of their life, their worship, all and all that pertained to life itself was around that tabernacle. And may I say today, that hasn't changed in the New Testament era. We need the church. Jesus gave his life for the church. It's important to him. Let's stop treating it so indifferent, so casual, and so carnal and making it acceptable to man 
And I, I know, I know this is gonna be a, a, a great opportunity for you to evaluate the message, but I'm sold on the church. I believe Jesus gave his life, this book in the New Testament in particular writes so much to the churches. And God gives instruction to the churches. Oh, I love the church. I won't tell you how many years ago, because I stopped telling my age, I never thought I would do that. Women never tell their age. My wife has always said, if a woman tells her age, she'll tell anything. So, and she's watching right now. God bless her, sweetest lady I've ever met in my life. But she just lies about her age all the time. I'm sure when I get home, I'll pay for that. But you know, when you're 37 years of age, you can do that, and she can. Did you hear what I just said, honey? I won't say how long we've been married. I don't say my age anymore, but everybody's figured it out. And those that haven't, uh, they'll figure it out real fast. But I can recall, I, I can recall the story my parents told me that in Milwaukee, uh, my twin sister and I were in the pastor's arms, Jack and Jill. She became a preacher's wife and I'm a preacher of the gospel. My sister Judy was there. God bless her, a wonderful godly woman in Tennessee. But you know, I, wasn't, I don't know about that event, but I was told that he held us and dedicated to Christ. You know, Jack and Jill's a cute name, isn't it? When you're babies. But when you get to be 103 years old, like my twin sister, whatever she is, uh, it's not that cute anymore. And everybody else say, hey, Jack, Jack and Jill, Jack and Jill. I know, I know this story. I know Jack and the Bean. I know Jack and the Beanstalk. Jack, be nimble. I know Jack, be nimble. I know all those. I know them all. Trust me. But he dedicated us to live for God and our parents to raise us for God. In my life, all my pastors but one are home with the Lord, and he is 95 years of age. I had such great pastors. Mother and dad brought us up in church. I was in Pastor Smith's garage was my kindergarten class. And I, I remember those days so very well. I remember my first girlfriend in church. Whoo, was she something. She was awesome. I remember she was 35 years old, maybe 40. Beautiful, I was five. She was my Sunday school teacher. And I fell in love with her, I just thought, I thought she was it, she was great. And uh, so that was my first girlfriend. My second girlfriend, never knew she was my girlfriend. I was in fourth grade, she was in second grade. And I thought, oh my goodness, isn't she the prettiest thing? And uh, I could say her name to this day, I don't think I've ever said three words in my life to her, but she was my second girlfriend. But I settled on this one called Cindy Swanson. You know where I found her? At church. Everything I have any good that's happened to me has happened at church. I was saved in 1956 at church. Viva Morningstar led me to Christ just a few minutes from here in Centerville, Fremont, California, Irvington District. You know, I didn't realize you'd be baptized immediately, but in 1959, Dr. John R. Siemens, our pastor, took us outside to a baptistry that was there at the church, and he plunged me under the water, and I identified with Christ at church. My senior year of high school, God began to really work on my heart about Bible college. I surrendered at church to go to Bible college. I surrendered to serve God while in college at church. And I can remember so very vividly going to serve in church, 
I shut my eyes, and you know the story, I won't go on to all the detail of this girl that was playing the piano. And after about a year there, she didn't like me, and I didn't like her, but I admired her so much. Her mother died at age 45 of cancer, preacher's wife, eight kids at home. Two had just gotten married. One got married the day she passed away. Wedding party went up to the room in the hospital to see her, room 828. They claimed room was 828. That night on his honeymoon, my dear brother-in-law Rich, his mother passed away. The other kids were younger. And I watched my wife care for them and love them. Love her dad through those days. I fell in love with her. I remember so vividly to fall in love with that girl at church and then getting married at church. And God gave us three kids all serving God faithfully full time in church. I love the church. Tonight I'm coming to you on behalf of the church because this week I'm gonna call on the members of our church in particular. Whatever church you attend, you apply it to you. I'm calling on you in particular this week to do some study about the institution called God's church and what you're doing for the work of God, how you're involved. And I wanna to talk to you as we get prepared to go back to church, uh, some ingredients and the purpose of the church, church members, nursery workers, bus workers, Sunday school teachers, pastors, music people, uh, deacons and staff and ushers and the orchestra and, and all that are involved in the church, security and parking lot attendants and housekeeping. It's time to ratchet it up. We have been out of church. This is our fourth Sunday. And when we get back, uh, uh, no, no vacations. It's Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, more than ever. I mean, let's get here, let's get here, let's get here. This is 3,000 seats. I'd like it to be filled on Sunday morning, on Sunday night, and Wednesday night. And we have over 3,000 members, I promise you that. And we're gonna have to make church a priority in our life. You cannot live without a church, and neither can I. I'm asking this week, if you will, consider as we're, we're, we're running and gunning and moving forward to get back to church, I'm asking you to consider, would you fall in love with the church? I mean, literally fall in love with the church. It was like the light went on. I saw Cindy Swanson for a year. She played junior choir for me. She played children's choir for me. She played a, a youth choir for me. They played the church choir for me and played special music and played the piano. And I never thought about dating her. But all of a sudden, the light came on. And when it came on, I said, she's the one I want to spend my life with. She is everything that I want and desire. And a wife, she's out of my league. I know that. Well, would you let the light come back on? Would you this week say, I want to fall in love with my church? Second, I'd like to say this. Will you dedicate, and don't get excited because this is just introduction. It's not three points that I'm done. This is introduction. Fall in love with the church. Secondly, will you dedicate yourself to your church? Will you just dedicate yourself to the church? I have so much I'd like to say, but I won't be lengthy. And then what I want you to say, number three, to make church a top priority. Just a top priority. With that in mind, I want to speak to you tonight about the purpose of the church. The purpose of the church. And for the sake of time, and I won't have you turn much of the scripture, but I'll quote it for you. I'll turn there myself. 
I want to remind you what this church is all about. What is this building? This is the church house. This is not the church. The church sits out there Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. It's the people. These are two by fours and two by sixes and two by eights and concrete and steel and rebar. This is, this is a building, the church house. But the church, when you come back and even right now in preparation, what's the church about? One, prayer. My house, my Bible says this in Mark eleven seventeen, Matthew 21, 13, my house shall be called a house of prayer. This is a place of prayer. I'm gonna to speak to the pastoral staff somehow this week, and we are gonna to try to figure out how to tool up prayer meeting. We have Saturday night men's prayer, and because of not assembling together, I grieve the fact that we had 96 minute prayer on a Saturday night just the week or two before the coronavirus. That was a large crowd, larger than usual. But we had 96. And I would pray that never after this we'd have less than 100 to 150 men. There's an auditorium below me and we meet here for prayer. This church needs to be men of prayer. And I've never, I've, I've asked the men that live a distance out not to drive in on Saturday night, but pray with their families. But I promise you this, that we have hundreds of people that live within a mile and a half of this church that come Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. And I'm calling all you dear men that are good men, would you begin to make Saturday night, eight o'clock p.m. a time of prayer? I like to ask some of our teenage boys, perhaps you're a junior or a senior and you're moving off into young adulthood, you ought to start coming to a men's prayer meeting. Dads, once in a while, you can bring a son, maybe once a month or every other month, or he's in fourth grade or fifth grade, he ought to come to men's prayer with, that's okay. But we ought to really in intensify men's prayer. Sunday night, Brother Atwood has a prayer card he hands out. Wednesday night, we had a prayer sheet out and we give you prayer requests and things to pray about. I, I want you to know that we have teenagers pray uh, on an early morning before school and they come to gather at school to pray. I want you to know the principal prays with the students. I think it's Monday, I might be wrong. At the prayer, at the poll prayer meeting. We're gonna to have to have more prayer meetings in this church. We're gonna to have to give people to pray. You have not because you ask not. Men ought always to pray and not to faint. Pray without ceasing. We're gonna to have to go to the throne of grace. We, we need to intercede on the behalf of the church, on behalf of God's men, on behalf of missionaries. We must pray. Secondly, it's in this text. I want you to see it. Verse 26, regarding the church that he may sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word. And he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle, but it should be holy without blemish. The church is a place of purity. I don't understand how we get saved from the world. And it seems like we're trying to bring the world into our church so that we can attract the community. I don't see that John the Baptist ever went to attract the community. And to be involved in the community, he was a great preacher and he preached the word of God and the multitudes came. The apostle Paul, 
wasn't there as a community organizer and bringing dance bands in and mirroring the philosophy of the world. In fact, the word of God says, John, these men gathered around Jesus Christ and John said, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. The world can do better with worldliness than we can anyway. But they cannot sing, I must tell Jesus, just like that trio just sang. They cannot sing amazing grace, how sweet the sound that save a wretch like me. Please, 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 dear pastor, instead of going to social media and refuting the message tonight, would you go on your knees and say, oh dear God, is he trying to be a voice to warn us about the corruption that's happening in the church? And God, am I bringing the world into my church, particularly its philosophy? Paul warns at Church of Colossae, beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy, a sum of ideas. Why in the world we won't want to mirror the world? Why would the world have anything for us to set a standard or a bar? Church is a purpose of church's prayer. The purpose of the church is purity. The purpose of the church is presentation of the gospel. Acts 1.8, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria, under the uttermost part of the earth. The Bible says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. God wants us to take the gospel to the world. And I want to ask our people, the very first Sunday we get to come back to church and I think right now it's looking like Mother's Day on May the 10th, if that's the day, I'm not certain that's the truth, I don't know. But that means on Saturday the 9th, we'll announce it when we have the, uh, uh, the right to assemble like that again, we're gonna have an army of people out knocking on doors and visiting people and bringing them in here for a big, grand, big service. On that particular day, I, I gave you the times and everything about it. It's gonna be a big, big church family, church service. And we want people to come from this area that need Jesus Christ. We have an obligation, we have a responsibility to present the gospel. We have a responsibility to keep the church pure. We have a responsibility to pray. We have a responsibility to plunge people in believer's baptism. And I'm coming to a great army of people that I pastor you, though I'm not your pastor. I love you so much, and you're such good people, but I would say there's at least 15, 20, 25 adults right now that you love me and I love you. But this church will not accept the baptism of a church. It's not a Baptist church, a, a church like this of like faith and practice. We don't take baptism from charismatic churches and assembly of God. By the way, I'm not saying they're not saved. I don't know about the salvation. I'm not saying that this person over here is this church, a, 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 a non-denominational church, but you are baptized into the fellowship of that church. We're not gonna rebaptize someone that comes from a church of like faith and practice. But on that first Sunday back, and I know a little boy that got saved last week, his daddy texted me and said, my son got saved. He's looking forward to baptism, believer's baptism. I'm looking forward to baptize him. But the waters ought to stir. 
You say, well, what will our kids say? They'll say, whether we like it or not, our church believes that we need to be baptized of a church of like faith and practice, and consequently, we're gonna humble ourselves before God and obey what the church says, the word of God says, the pastor says, and the philosophy of that church, and just do it. It's not that hard. Our job, (laughs) the Bible says in Acts chapter two, and verse 41, then they gladly received his word, they heard the word of God, they were saved, were baptized, baptizo, is the Greek word plunged, dunk, immersed. And the same day we added unto the church about 3,000 souls. You've been added to maybe a, 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 a gospel preaching church or whatever it is, but there has to be perpetuity of the church. There has to be a foundation that your church was actually, you say, well, I'm part of a non-denominational. Good, where's your root? You have to have a root. That's why we're not Protestants. We're Baptists. Protestants, God bless them. Methodists, Presbyterians, God bless them, congregation. They protested against Rome and pulled out against Luther. My mother was a Lutheran. The foundation of their church was Martin Luther 500 years ago. What a hero of the faith. God saved reading the book of Romans as a priest. And he read about justification to be declared righteous by God. And he got saved. And he left Romanism and began the Lutheran church, nailed his theses to the door, 95-point theses to the door at church at Wittenberg, and he nailed it there, and he became a protester, a Protestant. The Baptists never protested against anything. Baptists were named by the enemies. We were always Baptists. We were anti-Baptists, Dantonists, and other names that followed us but there's a root. I'm glad I spent time with that, and so are you. I look forward to baptizing you as soon as the church is open. The purpose of the church is prayer. The purpose of the church is purity. The purpose of the church is to present and propagate the gospel. The purpose of the church is to plunge. That's why I've never been to Israel. Don't ever plan to go. I wish I could, but I'm just never gonna do that. Don't want to do that, so don't raise the money for it. I'm not going. But I don't take people, I wouldn't take people to Israel, baptize them, because it's a church ordinance. Number five, we're having a good time tonight. I want you to see the word performance. 1 Corinthians 15, 58, the purpose of the church is to do something. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. There ought to be an army of ladies saying, I'm gonna be a new nursery worker. I'm gonna be a nursery worker. There ought to be an army of people saying, count me in on the bus ministry. You bus workers, I get so many reports, God bless you, you stop gifts by the house and coloring sheets and Bible lessons and things of that nature, God bless you. That's not against the law, they're doing the same thing at the public school right next here and they're passing out lunches every day and as you drive up and they pass out the homework assignments. Children need homework assignments for the house of God. We're not entering houses, we're not shaking hands, we're keeping our distance, most of the time we leave it right there on the step but we're getting the gospel to these kids. There ought to be something, we need mechanics, huge amount of mechanics. 
We need housekeepers, we need door knockers, that we need people in the choir, we need people in the orchestra. Number next, the purpose of the church is your pocketbook. You knew I'd get to that, didn't you? Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by in store, if God has prospered them, there be no gatherings when I come. First Corinthians chapter 16, the first day of the week, we assemble together, why? It's resurrection day. We don't meet on Saturday because Christ rose on Sunday and, with the, and we re, re, the first day, he gathered together the first day. Jesus gathered his people together on the first day. Thomas wasn't there. Eight days later, he was there on the first day of the week. Upon the first day of the week. And God's given us a storehouse. And God's given us a place to deposit. And I want to challenge you today. We need your money. You listeners right now, we need it. But your money doesn't come here if you're a member of another Baptist church, another Bible preaching church of any kind. I'm not your pastor. And this is not the time to divert your money to some other cause. This is time to tithe at your independent local church. I like the word Baptist in there too. Thank God that you can rise up and learn to meet the needs of God's house. This church has always been the best. Number next, I'm going quickly. Publish. What am I talking about? Worldwide missions. Acts 13, 1. They laid hands on these and sent them away and they went as far as Phoenicia and they began to preach the gospel. And to our missionaries, I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. You're serving where there's coronavirus as well. Your churches are shut, shut down as well. Your difficulties are enormous, I understand today. But the purpose of this church, and I want to say to some of you young people, why would you not at least give God an opportunity? Why would you let God speak to your heart? I know you can be a professional person. You can make a lot of money and use it for the Lord's work, and that's wonderful. That's God's plan. But there has to be more in our church, and thank God for the hundreds that have gone out from this church. But there has to be more that say, here am I, Lord, send me. I'll go to this country and I'll go to this country and I'll go to this city and I'll go to this state and I'll preach the word of God and I'll serve God. Number eight, the purpose of the church, they assemble together to hear preaching. We must get back to preaching. And I want to say to you preachers and online, thank you, thank you, thank you for what you're trying to do. And thank you for keeping preaching in your ministry for your people. I also want you to know if I knew how to do the internet, I'd certainly I'd be very discouraged. Because you hunt sometimes if people, they'll say, boy, I tell you what, listen to this. How does a leader guide a church during a crisis? Well, you just, let's all get along. Oh, really, John the Baptist? Is that why you lost your head? Already, the Apostle Paul, that's why your head was severed, because you just wanted to get along with everybody. I'm not here to make enemies, but if you preach the gospel, you will. Preach means to lift your voice and herald, declare with authority. I never bring politics into it. The Lord brought this to my attention right now. You can say what you want about leadership, but the president this week, he said, no, 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 that's fake news right there. You're lying right there. 
Now you may not, oh, can't we all get along right now? No. Leaders take a conviction and a stand. A leader has to say, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop that right there. That's not, that's not fact. And you're supposed to be a man of God. And coffee clutch Christianity is not gonna get the job done. Preach the word. If there's ever a day that we are right at the precipice of really collapse, and if we can see this thing come back, it's not gonna be done by social networking and community service, and we all do nice things for one another, and we wash the neighbor's cars in our area, God bless you. No, you might do some of those things, but I wanna say, preach the word. Paul said, be instant, in season, out of season, when it's popular and when it's not, when there's coronavirus and when it's not, preach the word. We need preaching these days. More than ever we need preaching. I, I, won't, I, won't, I won't take the time to have you turn there. Well, preaching is, preaching is, it's not very scholarly. The Bible says this, the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us what you're saved is the power of God is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. And I will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. By, it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that were believed. But with them that are called, both Jews and Greeks, called the power of God and wisdom of God because the foolishness of of God is wiser than man and the weakness of God is stronger than man. Preach it. Every generation, I can recall as a boy, I can recall in college, every generation wants to be the scholarly generation. That's what the old word new evangelicalism is. We don't want to be looked at as so, so conviction and, and, and so not social, uh, social caring and, and so unscholarly. Let's be scholarly. Let's give great degrees of knowledge and deep in the word. How about you try preaching for a while? Men don't preach because they have nothing to say. I believe there's a place for teaching, yes. And great preaching is great teaching too, by the way. I believe we ought to teach this Bible. We thank God for Sunday school, all the classes and Bible classes and new Christians classes, all the things we have. But if you get in this Bible and read it and pour yourself into the Bible early in the morning and spend hours with God in prayer in the Bible, it's gonna come out, it's gonna come out. It's just gonna come out. God's gonna put so much in there. God's gonna put so much in there. You say, Brother Treber, how do you, how you preach all these Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, elementary chapel, high school chapel, college chapel, college classes. Uh, you, you're preaching all the time on the radio. How do you get all that? I'll tell you what, I love to read my Bible and it just keeps popping off the page. Preacher said to me one time, you should spend at least 40 hours a week per message. Well, that's great. But I don't know, I've never counted. Someone said, counted up, counting 15 minute radio broadcast. They said, Brother Treber, you preach 16 times a week. 16 times 40 is more than 168 hours. 
But I tell you what, when we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, he gives us so much. My heart's overflowing. I tell you what, the time is running out. I just look, good night. Here we go real quickly. I like this word. What's the church about patriotic, uh, uh, patriarchal? Titus chapter two. You always look to those aged senior saints, men and ladies. When they come back and fill these pews, those that are seasoned in life, I want us to realize we're inviting back into our church a sacred crowd of people. They're gray on top and silver and white hair and I'm not making fun because they've gone through hurts, they've gone through sorrows, they've gone through difficulties of life, but they're still in God's house. That's the crowd I wanna be around. That's why even this, to this day, my father, mother, they're gone, they're passed away. I look at their picture every day. My job is still in their death, commandment five, Honor thy father and thy mother that it may be well with thee. We're out of time. As we come to this subject, I'm asking you to come back to this church renewed. Would you come back renewed? Would you come back enthused? Would you come back with great zeal? Would you come back with great singing? Would you come back with a great desire to serve God? I can say it tonight because there's no one back there. Don't try to grab the back row seat. It's like going to a big arena and trying to get the highest seat way up on the top. No, you want to get down on the plane floor. You want to get down to the invitation. Don't, don't, don't walk out during the invitation. Fall on your knees and say, dear God, there might be a soul, this is their last service, and I pray that they might get saved. When you come to God's house, come prayed up. Come with a Bible. I'm pleading with our church, thank you so much for bringing a Bible. Don't bring your, I'm not one to preach your, I love my new iPad, my precious new iPad. The iPad, yes, that's the book for me. No, bring a Bible. Bring a Bible. A preacher who's watching your hearts through your eyes does not know if you're on the phone checking the weather. Get your Bible. Let your neighbors see your Bible. Take a Bible to the house of God. That Bible that's been preserved for us. Love the Bible. You come back, bring a Bible. Bring a handshake if it's allowed. Bring a smile, that is allowed. Bring a shout, amen. Bring a shout, bring a shout. Bring a lifted hand, bring a praise the Lord. I'm telling you what, I'm having a time this morning. They were singing and even again tonight. And if I want to walk around and just sort of have a little lap and praise God, I'm having a, I fell on my knees during one of the songs this morning and began to pray. And then I got up and praising God and having a time. I think I might become Baptocostal when you come back. I'm talking about when you come, bring a tithe envelope. I'm telling you, when you come, bring a bended knee so that you can bend the knee before God. Bring a broken heart, bring an obedient spirit. I'm saying tonight that this is vitally important that we get back to the church. God's institution. 
Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.